How long are you going to hear God's voice and continue to reject him and not respond? How much longer are you going to think about Jesus, but really not respond to him? How much longer are you going to just continue to say, oh, that thing that I felt was just a feeling I had or it was just an inclination I had? How much longer? Let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. And Jesus has taken the punishment for every single person that's in this room. He put the curse in reverse. And just like Adam turned a garden into a grave, Jesus turned a grave into a garden. So now it's just grace upon grace upon grace and favor upon favor upon favor. But we're still here. And we're still standing. And we got Jesus, so we've got the victory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Preacher Think, where I take thoughts downloaded from God and His Word and upload them to you through the lens of grace and kingdom. I am your host, Chad Joyner, and I am excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. And I want to launch from a couple of questions. I want to launch this thought from a couple of questions and really talk about the saving grace of God. If you have never received the life of Christ, there are some questions that I want to ask you. And and those questions encompass how long are you going to hear God's word and his voice and not respond to him? I mean, really, how long, how much longer are you going to think about Jesus but just continue to reject him or dismiss him. Really, how much longer or or how much harder do you have to think about that inclination that you had or that thing that you said was just a feeling that I believe was so much more than that? The question really, really is, is how long do you plan to continue to do that? A couple of years ago, God presented me with a question and he said, you know, are you a pastor with an evangelist heart or are you an evangelist with a pastor's heart? And for me, it's a both and. So the answer for me is, is yes, because I believe that I've been anointed and called and given the capacity to have continually operated in both of those capacities since I've been in ministry. I have operated in both of those capacities since I've been in ministry, I mean, pastoral ministry, helping preach and teach to those who have already received the life of Christ, believers within the walls or within the context of a church building and in evangelism ministry, reaching the outsiders of those who have yet to believe in Christ Jesus, uh, even though Jesus has already come to them. I, I've been able to minister in both regards. Either way, what it boils down to is that I have a heart for people. I have a heart for believers to walk in empowering grace. I have a heart for unbelievers to walk in what we would call saving grace. I have a heart for believers to express and exhibit uh, a language and a life um, full of love and grace and faith and kingdom and, and mercy. That includes everyone on the basis of not what they do, not their performance, but on the basis of what Jesus did on the cross, the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And I've got a heart for 
unbelievers to receive the life and the liberty that Christ Jesus came to offer, tearing them away from sin and tearing them away from religion to for them to be freed unto righteousness and relationship. But again, the question is to those who have yet to believe, the question is to those who have yet to receive the life of Christ is how long, how much longer are you going to continue to hear the voice of God and hear the word of God and not respond to them. And if you're watching this today, or if you're hearing this today, I hope that you can hear the heart of God calling for you through me, through this preacher to receive him. If you've never responded to him in faith before, how long are you going to hear his word and his voice and not respond? I mean, if you're saying I've never heard God's word or I've never heard God's voice, well, you're going to get the opportunity to hear God's word and his voice today in and through me. I mean, the scripture says, and, and of course, you've seen this plastered on television screens. You've seen it on posters at sporting events, and it's probably the most well-known evangelistic scripture that there is known to man. I mean, even novel individuals who have never come to the faith have seen this written on posters. John 3:16, and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but would have everlasting life or eternal life. For God so loved the world, not just the world as far as creation, like the trees and, and the flowers and the world itself that he created, but God so loved the world of people that he created, that he gave us a gift. It's not something that you can earn. It's something that you receive. It's a gift. He gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and as us on the cross. And he, and when we were on the cross, not only were we on his mind, but we were in him. We were in Christ Jesus on the cross. And not only again, did he just die for us, but he also died as us. And he took our old us and he buried us never to be resurrected again. And when he was resurrected, we were resurrected to newness of life. And I implore you, if you have not received your gift package, for you to receive it today because there is newness of life in Christ Jesus waiting for you today. Hebrews 3.15 says today, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. The hint here is that his voice is being used right now in and through me. If you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, today is the day of salvation. And I love that verse of scripture because it's always in the present. Anytime you read that passage of scripture or anytime you hear that verse, it says today is the day of salvation. So even when you get to tomorrow and you read 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it'll still say today is the day of salvation. It is a verse of scripture that's written in the present because he's always present and available for you to receive him. Matthew 18, 14 says that the will of the father, the will of God is that none should perish. We have given, I think, a, 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 a gist or an idea or a notion, or we've placed it in people's laps through the, the, the lens of religion that God is an angry God that God is up in heaven looking for you to mess up 
so he can swing around in his swivel chair and point his finger at you and say, I knew that you were going to mess up. And he'll take his fist and just ball it up and hit you in the top of your head and crush you in the powder. That is not our God. That is not the loving God. That is not the love of Jesus Christ being expressed through God. That is a religious view of old covenant law, but the new covenant view of Jesus, of God through Jesus Christ, through grace and kingdom and faith says that the will of the Father is not that anybody should perish. The will of the Father is not that anybody should burn in the fire. The will of the Father is not that anybody should be spiritually dead, but that they should become dead to sin and alive to God. John 6:40 tells us that the will of the Father, the will of God himself, is for us to know his son and to receive his life that lasts forever. Not everlasting life, but eternal life. Everlasting life is 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 more life tacked on to the end of your life. And more and I think Scripture passages and translations that use the word everlasting fall oh so short of what Jesus did because everlasting life would be your life made longer. And you don't need your life to be made longer. You need new life. And the new life that you've been given is not a life that's yours that's made longer. It's what's called eternal life. And the definition of eternal means that there was never a beginning and there will never be an end. It just always is. And the only being that ever had eternal life is Jesus Christ. So when you get the new life, it's not just a refurbished, recycled life making the end of your life longer. No, eternal life is the life of Christ, which is a life that has no beginning and definitely does not have any end. And all you do to receive this life is to believe. Believe Jesus. Believe in him. Respond to his call to belief. John 6, chapter the 29th verse says that the work of the Father is simply to believe. You don't have to work up anything. You don't have to conjure up anything. You don't have to do anything to earn anything from the Father because you never could earn anything from him anyway. It's never been about earning. It's always been about receiving. So the work of the Father is for you to simply believe in his son, Jesus. Acts chapter two, verse 21 and Romans 10, 13 says the same thing. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe even if you are deaf, dumb, mute, blind, and you cannot talk, I believe that you can call on him with a voice that cries out from your heart and you'll still be rescued. And I love the fact that the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord. I'm so grateful for the word whoever. That means the drug addict can call on the name of the Lord. That means the prostitute can call on the name of the Lord. That means anybody who has been stepped on, walked over, pushed down, trodden down, if you're down and out, if you're depressed, if you feel like you've been deprived your entire life, if you feel like you're unworthy, if you feel like you're unqualified and you're uncalled, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord. I'm thankful that whoever calls on the name of the Lord is one that can be saved. That means that nobody is excluded from this call. How much longer are you going to think about Jesus, but reject him or dismiss him? I want to make this plain and simple and clear. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. 
That means the payment for sin is death. It's not being out of fellowship with your friends and other believers. It is not God giving you a slap on the wrist. It's not God pointing a bony finger in your face and being mad at you. No, the wages or the payment of sin is death. But the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus died on the cross. All we have to do now is do the math and celebrate. The wages of sin is death. Jesus died. Do the math and celebrate because it goes on to say that, the again, the gift of God is eternal life. It's nothing that you could earn. It's something that's given. It's nothing that you could ever try to climb up a ladder to take from God, but it's something that he came down to earth to give to us in the way of a gift. And again, it's more than everlasting life. It's eternal life, life with no beginning, life with no end. And John 3.36 goes on to say, whoever does not believe in, the, in Jesus is spiritually dead. And he even comes back in his letter in the new covenant in first John, I do believe it is where he said, whoever has the son has the life and whomever does not have the son does not have the life. And the only thing that you've got to do to have the son or rather that you get to do to have the son is respond to his call to you is respond by simply saying yes and receiving his life. Another way to think about it is this. If I believe in Jesus and I find out when I die that he's not real, I've not lost anything. But if you reject Jesus and you get to heaven and you find out that he is real, then you've just lost everything. I've heard it said, you know, on this side of the cross, you know, I, I, I want to have, I don't want to wait till I die to get to paradise. I want to have my paradise right now. And you know what? I completely agree with you. I agree that you can have paradise right now. I think that the truth is that if you've never received the life of Christ and you do so today, you can have paradise right now. Again, I think that it's an inaccurate religious portrayal or declaration or demonstration of God's word when we have told people that paradise only comes in the sweet by and by. That is completely unbiblical and is completely untrue. Paradise just does not come in the sweet by and by. The gospel says that believers possess paradise within them right here, right now, because we possess it within us where Christ lives. I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. Paradise is not just for the sweet by and by. Paradise is for the nasty here and now. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking. It's not about meat and drink. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy, which is located in the Holy Spirit. Believers have Holy Spirit living in them right now. That's paradise. So if you've never received the life of Christ, when you receive the life of Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit, you don't have to grow up into the spirit. You don't have to grow in the spirit because where you actually learn and grow is, is in your soul. But when you receive the life of Christ, you get the entirety of the Holy Spirit. As, as a good friend of mine likes to say, you don't get a junior Holy Spirit. You get the whole Holy Spirit. You get the full Holy Spirit. You get the adult Holy Spirit. You get the grown-up Holy Spirit. You get the full enchilada, the fullness of the Godhead 
come to live inside of you when you receive the life of Jesus Christ. And if you've got the Spirit of God living in you, it's not about just when you get to heaven. Accepting Jesus Christ or receiving the life of Christ is not just a get out of hell free card. It's not just a, a uh, fire insurance uh, card that says, hey, I'm not going to go to hell now that I believe in Jesus. No, when you receive the life of Christ, you are literally receiving paradise into yourself. How much longer, guys? How much longer are you going to keep bypassing the Holy Spirit and just calling it a feeling that you had or, or an inclination you had? No, that just wasn't a, a feeling that you had. That's not just a declaration or an inclination that you had. No, when you heard grandma speaking with authority and, and when you heard that wise old man in your neighborhood encourage you and you, and, and you caught what you thought was just a feeling, that was not just a feeling. When they were speaking out of the wealth of knowledge that they have of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when they were speaking about grace and faith and kingdom, when they were speaking about salvation, when they were speaking life and peace to you and you had a feeling, it was way more than a feeling. It was a drawing. It was a it was the Holy Spirit motivating you and inspiring you to simply say yes to Jesus in whom was being presented to you. It was the Holy Spirit ferociously calling you to come home. Heaven is not just a place that we're going to return to for those who have believed in Christ Jesus. No, it's actually our origination place. It's where we originated from. We, we come from above. We were created from above. And when you are reborn into Jesus Christ, taken out of your fallen nature in Adam and placed into your new nature in Christ Jesus, when you are reborn again, you are reborn from above. You are reborn from your origination point, the place you came from, heaven. You're reborn in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, as ambassadors of Christ, he, Jesus, is making an appeal through us, his believers, for you to come back to God, to come back to your origination, to come back to the place and the person who created you and who loves you just because he loves you, just because he loves you, and he desires to have relationship with you. Ephesians, the first chapter in the sixth verse says that coming home to God means being completely and totally accepted by him and in him. What I'm saying is, is simply accept your acceptance. Accept the acceptance that's already been given to you. It's already been gifted to you. It's already been extended to you. But what good is a gift on Christmas if you leave it wrapped up under the tree and you never take the bow and the wrapping paper off of the package to see what's inside of it? What you have inside of the box of the gift or the present that God has given you is life evermore. You've got abundance uh, on top of abundance. You've got blessings. You've got favor. You've got grace. You've got mercy. You've got faith. You've got kingdom. You've got the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. You've got the ability to renew your mind. You've got the ability to learn and to grow. You have the ability within that gift to align your will in perfect unison with God. You've got the ability within 
in that gift and you've been given the gift to, 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 of the Holy Spirit to inform your soul rather than your senses always informing your soul where you can make a, a, a bad or a terrible or a misinformed decision and because you're going on what you feel instead of what you know. When you've got Jesus, you've got the opportunity to choose what you know over what you feel. Jesus is saying to you in this moment, doubt your doubts, but don't doubt me. Doubt every single doubt that you've ever had, but don't doubt Jesus. Don't doubt his reality. So here's my invitation to you. If you have never received the life of Christ and you want to do that today, if you have never received the gift of eternal life and you want to do that today, if you've never received all of the abundant gifts in which I just named and you want to do that today, you want to lay down your, your mishaps, you want to lay down your sin, you want to lay down religious thoughts, you want to lay down this life that you have that feels so deprived and so depraved and so empty, all you simply have to do is say yes to Jesus. Right where you sit, right where you stand, right where you are because the beautiful thing about the grace of God is this grace will meet you where you are but it will not leave you where you are so my invitation to you today is to simply come home and when you come home Jesus is standing at the door of your heart he's knocking he's waiting for you to open the door and let him in and once you do he's simply just going to say welcome home. So if you've never received the life of Christ, I just want to pray with you right now that you do that. And right where you are, again, right where you're standing or right where you're sitting, you don't have to go down to the local church. You don't have to run to an altar or you don't have to go anywhere. You simply get to believe and receive. So, Father, we thank you for each and every individual who's watching this or hearing this right now. I'm praying in the name of Jesus and we're trusting together that their heart has heard from heaven. And no longer is that inclination that they have or that feeling that they have going to be nullified by saying just that, that it's just an inclination or a feeling. But they begin to truly grasp a hold of it is you, Jesus. It is you, God. It is you in the fullness of the Godhead by way of the Holy Spirit simply saying, come home, come back to God. God, we're trusting and believing that the individual hearing this or watching this is no longer going to continue to reject you and your life, but simply believe you, believe in you, and receive your life understanding that over 2,000 years ago on a cross on a hill called Calvary you not just died you not only died for us but you died as us so that we get the opportunity to live as you as ambassadors of Christ as kingdom citizens as change agents in the earth that get to expand the beauty of this kingdom among all men we're trusting and we're believing in the name of Jesus that any individual, again, who is listening to this and who is watching this would simply say, yes, Jesus, I believe you, 
and I receive you. I believe your word and what it says about me that in receiving the life of Christ, I become holy and righteous and blameless and without fault and that I have a new life and a new heart and a new spirit that I've been made one spirit with Christ Jesus and I get to live an eternal life that has no beginning, that has no end because the life that I'm getting to live is the life of Christ Jesus. For I have been crucified with Christ and the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me, who loved me, and who still loves me now, who died for me and died as me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you just pray that prayer, it, there's I, I, I'm here to tell you, there's no power in the prayer. It's not about the words that you said, but it's simply about the heart that you received. It's about the life that you received. It's about the spirit that you just received. When you opened up yourself to God, when you opened up yourself to Jesus via Holy Spirit, and you obliged the invitation and said yes to Jesus, simply believing him and receiving him into your heart and into your life. Well, we're about to run out of time, but I hope that you've enjoyed the words of encouragement today. I hope that if you never received the life of Christ, that you took the invitation today and took the plunge to, to dive into the life of Christ Jesus. And I hope that you'll connect with us in the various ways that will be named in the forthcoming so that we can hear from you and talk about next steps since you've received this new life in Christ Jesus. What it is that you should do from here, if there is anything that you should do at all. Just continue to believe and receive. And we hope that you connect with us and we hope that you continue to live out your life at the pace of grace, the grace that you've now received in Christ Jesus. We love you. We're praying for you. We're believing with you. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. God bless. Want to share the good news? You can support Preacher Thing by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Thing via Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at preacherthink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.